This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Happy uh, end of the week, or hopefully for y'all it's winding down. I know some of you might just be starting up wherever you are in your lives. Uh, welcome. Let's take a moment. Settle ourselves. We got a great show planned. We're going to try to laugh, learn a few things, uh, kind of check out from all that's going on in the world. I wanted to open the show talking a little bit about some of the things going on in the news. Um, you know, I like to pop into things that are related to mental health. Sometimes, other times, I like to give us a little bit of a break from it. It really depends. Uh, lots going on, though. One of the more profound things, and I, and I like that this is happening, whether by duress and pressure or just ethics, a lot of companies these social media apps are starting to look at and talk about the impact that they're having on people's mental health. And I think that's really important. Facebook is uh, struggling. <laughs> I think that they're going to be galvanized to do more, do better uh, based on the whistleblowing. But I, I was looking at something that came out about TikTok. Now, TikTok is on fire. For those that aren't familiar, it's an app. It's a social media sharing app for videos. And uh, I, there's a hockey team that now has them, you know, planted on their helmets. And there's going to be a lot of products being developed with TikTok on it. So you're going to see more of it. And I think it's a mixed bag. Like, like most things in life, they can be used for good or used for bad. Let's use it for good. And TikTok released resources for its users' mental health and well-being. I love that. They're not, they're not being, um, they are taking accountability for the impact they're having and they're trying to provide ways for people to be able to use them in the way they're meant to be used, which is for fun. Well, and monetization as well, but fun. <laughs> for most of us, it's just for fun. We can learn a few things, laugh at some things, connect, build community, learn about ourselves, but it's not supposed to hurt us. <laughs> and, and I'm always advocating for us to take time away and acknowledge their use, but I just wanted to touch upon that. TikTok, that's awesome. And you can, you can track down some of it. Um, a lot of it's focused around the impact on your experience of yourself and your body. So they have their safety center guide. And I'm looking right now at their one that really targets eating disorders. And again, we look at the numbers of people that have a disordered relationship to their bodies and food. It's actually larger than we're aware of because they're looking at it around those that are maybe clinically impacted, but we all are. We all are trying to develop a healthier, better relationship with our bodies. And uh, so this one, I'm looking at some of the resources. This is again around eating disorders. And you know they're acknowledging that this happens for a lot of people and they're you know giving you some tips. And I love one of the tips being, drum roll, not a shocker, I've said this before, taking a break. And I love when the app is saying, hey, look, we wanna keep our users, but you might need to take a, take a break for a little bit. Um, so I think that's really, really, really important. Uh, they're also saying, let's look at our self-talk, you know, how we're walking away, feeling about ourselves and, and, and talking about ourselves. And, and just that self-talk, you know, it's so important to pay attention to how we're talking about ourselves to ourselves, as I just said. Um, what else did they talk about? Find, I love this. Finding your inner strengths and positive attributes. This is actually a quote. I, I mean, I don't know who put all this together, but it was really well done. They said, um, it's easy with something like TikTok to get sucked into the belief that how you look is the most important part of you and who you are. But in reality, our bodies, and they go on and on. It's really beautifully written. Uh, getting to know your triggers, just paying attention to how you feel afterwards. So I think this is a great move. Now, for those that are kind of like, okay, but what are the quicker takeaways with all of this? Well, it's basically pay attention before, during, and after. I say that about everything, about dates, 
about a job interview, about your job, about anything. How do you feel before? How do you feel during? How do you feel after? How do you feel when you see that text coming in from that person? How do you feel when you're thinking about going to work? How do you feel when you're on the date? How do you feel at your job? And then the after, how do you feel when you're leaving a date with that person? How do you feel when you're leaving your job? And if the answer is not positive or at least neutral, it's time to get a new job. If you can, it's time to stop dating that person, find someone else because that's our mental health. And that's why I love the before, during and after. And it also applies more importantly to social media. We should be leaving dates, sex. And like I said, even our jobs feeling good. Imagine that. Imagine that. But I think we've normalized struggle and turmoil where it doesn't have to exist. And so I'm glad that these social media apps are really acknowledging the impact that they're having and not playing dumb or not trying to um, victim blame and and say, well, it's you. (laughs) If you were more resilient or robust, you'd be better able to deal with this. Look at everyone else doing well. Well, they're not. And I think that's what came out of the um, Facebook whistleblowing. So I don't know where all of this will lead I know that they're trying to take down certain things. Certain countries have made certain things illegal. I, I, I for the life of me, I can't remember what country, but one of them said that uh, photoshopping without without publicly acknowledging that that's what was done to an image is no longer legal to put out there. I mean, that's an interesting move. We have to literally call out, this image is not what it appears to be. We have altered this, da da. So movement's happening, thankful for that. Um, we're gonna take a little break and when we come back, we're gonna quickly talk more stuff going on in the news and it has to do with uh, gender and uh, Netflix. And I'm sure you all have heard about that and everyone's been curious about my opinions on that. So uh, we're gonna come back and talk about it. Uh, DMs, always open. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to cover. And as always, we are channelq.com. That's where you wanna go. All of our shows are there, but uh, Loveline's there as well. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. We'll be back though, so stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Alrighty, we are back and uh, just talking about some things going on in the news and I know... We were talking a lot, or the news was anyway, a lot about uh, Dave Chappelle and his trans commentary on Netflix. And it was a lot a lot conversation last week, more so even the week before. Um, I had not seen it, still haven't, really not interested in watching it. So I've been thoughtful about whatever commentary I make on the topic, not being that familiar with it. Seen some clips. So I'm very much going to generalize. I've shared my thoughts about this before. I, I really do think we need to hold each other accountable to creating and producing art and projects that lift us up not punch down. And I also know having been friends with and, and, and working clinically with a lot of people that are public figures or celebrities or in positions of power here in Los Angeles and around the world, that people, as they raise up, as they rise, they don't often lift as they climb, which is really what is important that we do, nor do they always, once they get to the quote unquote top, 
often they don't work to dismantle the problematic system that made it so hard for them to get to success and others like themselves or others below themselves. They wind up just participating in it. You know, um, that book Lean, Leaning In, uh, I, I forget the author's name. Her name always falls out of my mind. But, you know, she was writing a book on what we call performative feminism. You know, feminism is about actually dismantling the vertical hierarchy. Feminism is not about getting more women into the capitalist structure or into these um, oppressive positions of power. It's about dismantling all of that and more of a vertical horizontal power line where we don't work for people, we work with people and we humanize the people around us and we end violence, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So all that to say, again, the same systems that harm us, the same systems that are you know racist and homophobic, once gay people or people of color rise up those ranks, your role is to dismantle that and to open the doors to more bigger than that, though, dismantle that whole system. He's reinforcing it um, and harming people. All that to say that comedians that are good, and I've sat down and interviewed some of the top comedians uh, that we have on the planet, and all the ones I've met with and talked about have all said the same thing. I also dated. I dated a comedian for a while, and they all say good comedians don't harm people. Good comedians don't, you know, create laughs off of other people's oppression or struggle. Good comedians don't reinforce racism or ableism or homophobia or transphobia. Good comedians talk about their own lives or what, or the ridiculousness of the world around us, but they don't harm. And then they don't try to get out of that by saying, well, it's a joke. Anyone can say that. Anyone can claim to be a comedian. Literally anyone can call that. Anyone can say it's a joke and to try to deny culpability for harming someone. But intent matters, but impact matters more. It doesn't matter what you meant to do. If you harm someone, apologize, be accountable, resolve that. Don't dig your heels in. So again, I'm speaking generally. I did not watch all of Dave Chappelle's show. I saw pieces of it. I don't find him funny. I don't tend to enjoy stand-up comedy that much. I don't watch stuff like that. So I'm staying outside of that. That is not, I don't know enough about it, but we need to do better. Uh, I also thought it was interesting to see Netflix fire some of the people that retaliated. Uh, they've been reinstated, I was told. More to come around all of that. It's interesting. Uh, you know, again, accountability is important, but um, we'll see what happens. Also in the news, two more things I wanted to cover quickly. This was interesting to me, and I haven't dropped that deep into it. Uh, the headline is, new law requires stores in California to have gender-neutral toy sections. It's interesting that that's law. I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, it says large retail stores in California will have to revamp their displays of, children, of children's toys thanks to new legislation signed over the weekend by Newsom, Governor Newsom. Under the law, which was reportedly inspired by an eight-year-old girl, retail departments must create gender-neutral sections or areas that are filled with adequate selections of toys. So I like that. Because I think there's something very traumatic about saying to a child, you can only exist over there on that side of the store. You can only use those toys. Doesn't matter if you like them or not, you need to perform malehood in the right way or you need to be a good, correct girl and use those toys. And none of that's real. Children are not inherently drawn towards anything other than what they like. And we, we through microways and macroways, really push them towards certain colors and toys. That is not innate. You are not born with a gene interested in a color or a toy. Genes don't work like that. Uh, and those things are social constructions. <laughs> so I like that. I like the idea that people can be playing with whatever makes sense to them. I like the idea that we're getting away from policing gendered play. I like the idea that we're getting away from anything being for boys or for girls. Those aren't real things. Every attribute exists in all genders. Every behavior exists in all genders. There's no one way that you can claim all women are or all men are. And what about people that are trans or non-binary, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It really starts to become fragile and collapse. So... Interesting that it's a law, not mad about it in a lot of ways, and love the social impact of it and the message also embedded in it, right? I think that that is quite fascinating. Um, sticking within the realm of gender and ridiculousness, here's a headline, Christian parents, wait for it, sue the government, wait for it, over somebody else's kid wearing a dress to school. Uh, no harm is caused in uh, a child wearing a dress to school. And I'm shocked to believe that it is so distressing to these two adults that they needed to try to sue over it. Please explain the harm to me. Uh, people exist in the world that express themselves in terms of gender in a myriad ways. That is life. And that child who might be designated male at birth or identified as male 
should get to wear makeup or dresses if that's what makes sense to them. Who cares? Let this child live their life. Why are these adults being bullies? That's right. You're being bullies. You are being straight up bigots and bullies when you are trying to control someone else's behavior, whether you're trying to control them getting an abortion, whether you're trying to control someone else wearing a mask, you are being a bully. (laughs) Your child nor you were harmed. In fact, it's really important that we all have and understanding and learn how to engage all the creative diverse ways that people exist in the world. And this is one of them. And that's what school is about. And no child should be told they can't come to school as themselves. Otherwise, what, what does school become? It's just supposed to be educational, not a policing system of conformity and normality. Truly, it should be a place to practice being ourselves and socializing around that and learning how to socialize with others that are different from us, not try to make everyone be the same. There is no learning in that. That is the opposite of education and critical thinking, which we desperately need more of. Uh, Okay, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, I'm gonna share with you something interesting about pets, more importantly, cats, because I'm a cat fan. I know, I was never a pet fan at all. Look where I landed. All right, y'all, stick around. We're listening to Love Line. Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back, and uh, I promise I'll tell you an interesting story about pets. I, man... Saw the headline, thought, what is this? The headline is cats have attachment styles, just like babies and humans. So attachment styles are one of the things I'm always yapping about, about how we have secure attachment or we're avoidant, maybe we're anxious, how all these things are created in our early environments and they become somewhat of a style. You know, what we expect, how we perceive self and other, different ways that we deal with being, uh, deal with feeling separated or, or distant from those that we are attached to. Well, no surprising animals have that as well. Well, of course they do. All social mammals have this innate attachment system. All social mammals. All social mammals, children and adults, humans, and cats and dogs have these internal systems that are internalized by our experiences of those outside of us that register other is danger, other is safety. Like if the most rudimentary, that is it. And your alarm system, your limbic system, your implicit memory system logs all that and codes it. That's its job to quickly, which is bad, that does it so quickly, and indiscriminately, and that's also bad, and in a way that it universalizes, also very bad, what is safe and what is not. And that's not, it's not always correct. And it misapplies it as we're adults. As we're adults with the couples I work with, I will see them responding to their partner who is different from their prior partners, but they're literally bringing forward baggage, trauma, perspectives that have been ingrained in them and they're acting it out on their current partners who are just standing there like, I don't know why you're treating me like this. All I said was blah, blah, blah. But yet they have these powerful responses. That is because their system has not been able to be updated to see you are safe now. You are with someone who is safe. You're with someone different. Still holding them accountable to these historical events. Well, pets are the same way. Not shocking. Uh, pets also have really good, well, cats specifically have really good boundaries, but the study looked at pets, cats, again, specifically with their owners to test their attachment styles. See that I like, and it showed that, uh, cats may be just as affectionate as dogs. My cat is, and it found that pet cats can also have distinct attachment styles towards their owners in ways that we tended to believe dogs did and babies did. Um, I thought this was really funny though. So basically the headline at the end is it talks, I mean, the, the takeaways in all of this are that we have a plasticity, meaning we will update with repeated, consistent experiences that are different. And that's always the gift. And that's what I have to always remind clients that are victims of trauma. You know, you might go get a pet from an adoption center. The pet has had a rough life where it's on the street or been in abusive homes, has not been shown that humans are safe or that home is even a real thing. The more they're with you and the, and, the, and the more you create a safe, contained environment for them, the more they'll start to really you know, update their internal working model. Humans are the same way. So much like we give a pet time and we kid glove the pet and we try to be very soft and gentle, we have to do that with adults. But as I always call out on the show, we're very willing to do that for pets or children, but somehow we have this misplaced idea that adults no longer need that or shouldn't need that, but they do. We do, we all do. 
we all need our current or newer relationships to make us feel better and safer than the ones before, which is why I'm always advocating for leaving traumatic, toxic, or unsafe relationships because you are just reinforcing and you're going to make it harder on your next partner and your next relationship because it's going to have to do even more work to undo the damage of the one you're in now if you're in it for very long periods of time. And that's why it doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter. Any of those things do not matter to your internal attachment system. All it knows is, am I safe? And the longer you stay in unsafe, unhealthy relationships, the harder it gets for you to undo that work later. And so the minute you see signs of abuse, physical, verbal, name calling, throwing, going through your phone, boundary violations, mistreatment, it's time to go. It's really time to go, more so than I've ever thought in the past. I used to say, hang in there longer, work it through. Really, I'm realizing how sensitive that system is, and we deserve better. When we're in a relationship with someone and a pet in relationship to us as well, to keep this you know, example going, our partners are in our care. We are in our partner's care. Only be with people that see it as such and take that seriously. But people that disregard that and they don't care about that are dangerous. They're dangerous for our neurology. They're dangerous for our psychology. They're dangerous for our nervous system. They keep us on edge. They keep us primed to see others and relationships as unsafe and to not expect our needs to get met and to not expect care and softness. Get out of those relationships. That's, that's our work. Find people that are healthy and secure. They do exist. Those are the people we want to be with. So the minute you start to see those signs creeping in, call them out. Give that person that one shot to be better. Hey, I noticed you like to you know, name call when you're upset with me. That cannot happen again. And if it does, the relationship ends. And then you leave when it happens again. We're no longer staying in relationships that are abusive. We're no longer staying in relationships that are going to then put pressure on our next relationship to have to do that work. That's exhausting for them and for us. All that to say, pets need that too. And we can sometimes soften and say to ourselves, if this was like a little cat that I brought home that needed care, what would I be willing to do? Ah, same thing for my partner. What would I do with a child that had been harmed or traumatized in prior homes? That's what I need to do with my partner. All right, we gotta take a break. We're gonna do some DMs and then uh, we'll be back. So got some DMs, drop them in the DMs on our Love Energy page, questions, topics, and as always, we are channelq.com to check out past episodes. Take a little break, like I said, and we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back. And now it is time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Got a question for us? Bam, drop it in there. Loveline IG page. Topics you want covered, something you want us to hit again, let us know. Past episodes, as always, are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down to the bottom, click on the show. They're all there. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. Check it out. All right, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, I've been single for a few months now. All right, that ain't long. I always got to remind people that. I love some of my friends that are like, I can't meet anyone. And I say to them, you've literally been single for five months. Breathe. Some people are single for years, like chill. Where did we all culturally get the idea that there should be a thousand eligible people that we have everything in common with? and every No, it's a numbers game. You're trying to find someone. It's a complex thing that we're looking for. Give it time. Um, but that's not even your question. I just felt the need to say that. So you've been single for a few months now. Awesome. And you've been dating a few people. See, you are in the game. Uh, when we have sex... Uh, with these various people, I assume. I noticed that I climax a lot faster with them than I did when I was in a relationship. Is that normal? Sure is. It can be for some people. So many different reasons as to why that could be. Look, in early dating and relationship, we don't know this person. It is all projection and fantasy. It makes it a lot easier. Why? Because there's no other baggage. When you're in a relationship, you are trying to have sex with a person who just last night didn't take the trash out and said something rude about your mom. That's in there, y'all. And that's why foreplay isn't what happens moments before sex. Foreplay is what we've been doing days and weeks before because our association of everyone is built on all of our experiences prior. So how I feel about the person I'm dating today is built on how we I was treated last night and last week. That's all in there. When you're early dating, they are a blank slate. They are a blank slate. And we are willing to let everything go. Why? Well, bum, bum, bum. The, the, the neurochemicals that are pumping through our body, it's lust, it's hormones. We are just drawn to them. Also, 
new relationships inherently have newness and novelty. And that's the most arousing thing with sex is newness and novelty. And that is why, you know, that's that, 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 that is the same with every domain. We don't generally eat the same thing every night. And if you do, that's okay, but it's not going to be as exciting as something new. And you know that it just is very familiar. It's comfortable, but familiarity and comfort often kills good sex for some people, or at least it's not as good as the new novel sex. So we, we love a new jam. Oh, it's my new jam. I'm going to play it all the time. And at some point we're like, eh. same thing with our new car. No one's getting in my new car with their dirty shoes. And then three months in, you're like that old thing, climb on in, drip all over the place. So newness and novelty is very exciting. And, and, it, and, and, and so that, that energy is also propelling you towards a high level of arousal because newness and novelty are very, very, very arousing comfort and consistency often not so much. And that's why sex is about changing things up. People, places, things. If we do the same thing with the same person in the same ways, it might be very hard to get aroused enough to orgasm because arousal has to be high to get to orgasm. So that's the difference. So what does that mean? Never get into a relationship, only have sex with the new people. Ah, it might be a solution, but there's another solution as well if you wanna be in a ongoing secure pair bond. And that would just mean keep things fresh. Always be pushing on each other's edges. Always be trying to have sex at new times and new places. And remember, don't do what we call leftover sex. Leftover sex is what we'll take everything you're uncomfortable with off the table. We'll take everything I'm uncomfortable with off the table. And we just do whatever's leftover. Don't do that. Constantly be trying to change things up. It's the smallest tweaks that really have a big impact. So um, that's the answer to that. And that's the solution to that. And that is where some people struggle because they think, oh, I'm falling out of love. I don't love this person. It's not like it was in the beginning. Oh, no, no. That is how that always goes for everyone. And that will always be the case. And that isn't bad. See the beauty and the consistency and in the reliability and in the support. That's called attachment. You've moved into a true, real relationship and it feels safe and secure. That's what those feelings are. Don't pathologize or shame that. But some people do and they panic and they always are running and chasing after new and novel. And then they wind up always chasing after new and novel or they find someone where they're always fighting and in conflict and that creates the needed energy that they're missing because they're just hungry for energy, whether good or bad. So be better than that. Don't be that person. Don't get caught in that. But enjoy while you're single and dating and having sex with a lot of different people. Enjoy all that that can afford you and how you also learn about yourself sexually and can get a lot of body esteem and sexual esteem by having a lot of people reflect back to you that you have a lot of desirability and worth and value. So well done. Uh, all right, we're going to take a little break. But uh, yeah, you got a DM, got a question for us, whatever it is, topic you want covered, something you want us to uh, explore, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, past episodes at wearechannelq.com. Stick around, though. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back. Going to talk a little bit about bum, 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 bed sharing. What? I know. I, I talk a lot about sleep and good sleep hygiene. I work with a lot of clients on that. It's something that's kind of foreign to us. Um, I was working, though, with a, uh, a new couple a couple days ago, and one of the things we were talking about is the difficulty in sharing a bed with people that have different sleep styles. Now, disc not a disclaimer, uh, what would I call it? Eh, eh, we'll just start here, I guess is what I'll say, starting point. Uh, sharing a bed with someone is an important part of the bonding process. Now, there's a lot of deep science in it, but the taglines, the headlines, the takeaways are that in order to sleep soundly next to someone, we have to feel safe. We have to save, feel safe around others, but more importantly, we have to feel safe around them. So someone might say to you, uh, I sleep well when I'm at home on my own. Why, when I'm starting to date, and we do a sleepover, why do I not sleep at all? And I say to them, because it is foreign for you to have another body, it is foreign to you to have a foreign body laying next to you. And not everyone sleeps deeply enough for their body to be alert. And based on experiences we've had in our lives that are universal or generalizable or specific, it's gonna determine whether or not we're able to settle down and feel safe with this stranger laying next to us. And this is all built into our attachment system. What kind of experiences have we had around others? And how deep of a sleeper are we? And there's a lot of really powerful bonding hormones that can be released while we're sleeping next to someone and it helps us feel closer and safer. So what is the answer to that? Well, if you don't sleep well with someone next to you, you have to get familiar and used to it. So the more you do it, the easier it'll get. 
So if you're only doing sleepovers with someone once or twice a week, eh, that's not enough for you to get very familiar with that. Over the course of time, it might be enough, but initially on the front end, it's too, it's too spotty that in a short period of time, a month or two, you've only had them sleep over two or three times. Now you draw that out, it can get easier or you get it more concentrated, it can get easier. So it's about feeling more comfortable and familiar with this body near you. So that's step number one. So uh, looking at this, uh, sleeping alone, sharing a bed, it's a different adjustment for your body, your nervous system. Uh, and sleep deprivation is gonna impact us. It's also gonna change our associations of our partner. If we're not sleeping well next to them, we're not gonna necessarily really welcome it happening again and again. Now, I also wanna point out that we don't have to share a bed. It is okay to be in a relationship where you realize they snore, we don't sleep well together, or I don't sleep well with someone else there, and maybe you have different beds. You know, you fall asleep together, or one of you falls asleep and then the other sleeps somewhere else. We do wanna be open to giving our relationship what, what it needs. And I want us to all be in relationships where we can talk about what we need, and, and someone can really hear us out and not take offense at a struggle or a difficulty, or more importantly, a difference. And so how, we, how a couple talks about anything, such as difficulties sharing a bed, is reflects back and shares, or not show, shares, but shows, reflects back and shows that the health of their communication system. So be aware of that, that it's never just getting the topic solved. How we go about and approach that topic is equally as important, but actually more so because we internalize that and it'll help us feel safer turning back for another difficult conversation or to let us know, oh, I remember how that sleep conversation went, so I'm gonna not approach again. So remember, it's the topic, but it's also the process. So why might sharing a bed be difficult? Someone might be a loud snorer, let's start there. Some people are light sleepers, other people are heavy sleepers, some people snore loudly. I'm a light sleeper. I have not been able to date people that snored. It has kept me up, it has impacted my mental health. Luckily, the relationship I'm in now, we are both very light sleepers and very quiet sleepers. Uh, for those, again, that are with someone who snores, you gotta get familiar with it, or maybe you sleep in a different bedroom, maybe try earplugs. Um, it's difficult, but that's one of the reasons. Others, because you're a restless sleeper, some people sleep soundly, they don't move a lot. Others, it's like they're dancing all night long. Lots of movement nonstop, maybe even movement in terms of getting up and using the bathroom. Then there's also different temperature preferences where some people like to sleep with a lot of blankets on them. They like to be warm. Maybe they like the temperature warm. Maybe they like the temperature cold or a lot of blankets on them while the temperature's cold. But different sleep temperatures. Again, there is no right one. And we tend to, we tend to try to make someone right and someone wrong. The, snore, the loud snore isn't wrong. They snore, you don't. Difference. Restless sleeper versus someone who's a very sound sleeper and doesn't move much. No one's right. No one's wrong. Just a difference. Same thing with temperature. And again, how we step into managing that difference matters more than the actual management of the difference, the process. Different sleep cycles. We don't always go to bed at the same time. We also don't always get up at the same time. So that will also be something that might be interruptive. These are not deal breakers. These are just differences, differences to manage. Differences to be able to talk about honestly and openly. Finally, kids, pets. I can't tell you how many relationships. Part of their problem, part of the reason why sex has dripped off, drift off for closeness is because the dog wants to sleep in the bed. Put that bad boy outside. He'll, he'll learn how to sleep outside the bedroom. Don't, don't get your dog familiar with being in the bed. That can create obstacles. Same thing with the kids. Although some people welcome that. Do your thing. But the problem is the sleep deprivation can lead to people feeling frustrated, irritable, exhausted, and it's really easy to then associate that with the partner. So um, we'll take a little break and then we're gonna talk about some solutions. Some of them are simple, some of them not so much, but these are things you do when uh, you know, it's someone you love and you wanna make this work. Uh, all right, so stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. More sleep tips to come. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about sleep differences. That's the word differences, it's just different. No one's right, no one's wrong. We always wanna remember that. It's very easy for us to forget that we're on the same team and that um, a solution for either of us is a solution for both of us. Mutual thinking, mutual benefit, right? We like to think me against you. But if we, as a team, look at the problem, there you are as a team holding hands, looking at the problem in front of you together. What benefits you benefits me, benefits me benefits you, right? Uh, so what are the things we can do? So if the bed is you know, 
getting uncomfortable, get a bigger mattress. That's always the number one solution. I can't tell you how many relationships have been saved by a bigger mattress because I don't have to have the blanket on me. I can be far away from you if I want. I can also be close if I want. More importantly, if I'm farther away and you're getting up or moving around, you're not touching me or bumping into me while you're doing it. So for those that have the finances to get a new mattress or a bigger mattress, think about it. Sometimes the simplest answer is the best answer. Sometimes the easiest way to manage it is the way you should go. If you're always bumping into me, moving around, get a mattress that's big enough where I can't even feel you, see you, or get bumped by you. Case closed. Um, Because a lot of times we have the bed we had when we were a single individual and we were only needing to worry about one. So we got that double bed, that single bed. If you can make it, you know, full bed, a king, a queen. Um, Helpful. Snoring problems. God bless it. I dated someone many, many years ago. (laughs) Was a very loud snorer. I'm a very light sleeper, as I said. And we tried those nose strips because I think there's some anti-snoring nose strips where you kind of put it on and essentially once you put it on the top of your nose, it kind of pulls your nostrils open, allowing more airflow. Uh, It worked most of the time, but created a lot of irritation on the nose and some ripping of the skin because it really grips hard. And so pulling it off in the morning started to get more sensitive and a lot and more and more raw was not a long-term working solution. <laughs> um, and again, no one's right, no one's wrong. Someone snores, someone doesn't. But uh, snoring is one of the most common problems with people that are sharing a bed. Ruins your sleep, keeps you up, can lead to some disorders. So number one, we got the earplugs. Yep, earplugs can help. It can drown out or reduce the sound of the snoring consider earplugs. Also sound machines. I'm a big fan of that. I always sleep with a fan on. I like that sound of what we call white noise, which is consistent noise, consistent sound. Doesn't ebb and flow, doesn't rise and fall. It's just very consistent. Sometimes that's enough to drown out or even more importantly to distract. That's why some people are helped with their sleep when they sleep with the television on because their mind is really tracking and focusing what's happening on the television instead of wandering and thinking about all the stressors, all the things you have to do or didn't do or need to do or should do, our, tele- our mind is focused on what's happening on the television. It can be very helpful. Sleep machines help as well. Now, if you are yourself the snorer, huh, well, you can try decongestant. You can try the nose strips. Um, oh, right here, an article I'm looking at mentioning the nasal strips. Yep, they open up your pathways, but again, they can be really hard on your skin. And also, some people mention sleeping on your side. Keeps airways open, helps reduce snoring. But sometimes the answer is just going into another room, having an extra bed or sleeping on the couch. Get that good night's sleep. Um, People that have different sleep schedules. I know. We want to go to bed at the same time. We want to wake up with them next to us. We want those bonding moments. It can lead to sex. It can lead to cuddling. It can lead to us falling asleep, having good conversation. But if we're not getting good quality sleep, well, we might just have to make up for those losses in our waking lives because we do need sleep. So not everyone's going to be on the same schedule and we want to be thoughtful about waking. So do what you need to do to not disturb or disrupt, you know, not coming in and turning on lights, not coming and making a lot of noise, maybe going through your bedroom routine or sleep routine together. And then one goes to bed and the other one can then just sleep in, you know, sneak in and fall asleep. Uh, also trying different positions. I know some of these aren't just going to cure everything, but there's not necessarily a direct cure. We're just trying to find ways to kind of reduce, mitigate some of it. Uh, communicating with the issues. Yeah, we talked about that. I think for me, one of the more profound things that came out of the research was this, when they talk about making your room more sleep friendly. And I think this is just universally applicable, but lighter sheets. I never even heard anyone talk about that. Trying an eye mask earplugs we talked about, even this one, using separate covers. I remember working with a couple and they talked a lot about someone stealing the covers. Now they were in a lot of uh, turmoil and conflict. And so something like that for other couples would just be an annoyance or frustration, not that deep, nothing that leads to anything, you know, really aggressive. But for them, because they just weren't feeling good or safe with each other and actually just in a phase where they weren't liking each other, it became a site for them to really battle out other stuff. And using separate covers wound up being one of their solutions. It only, of course, put out that one small fire. We had a lot of other fires to put out. 
But sometimes something as simple as that, separate covers, where it's almost like I'm in my own space and you're in your own space, but we're sharing a space, but I don't have to worry about you taking them. I can have lighter ones, you can have heavier ones, whatever you need to do. I tend to like very little coverage, but my partner likes thicker, heavier blankets. And so that separation is really important. Um, but finally, maybe you, one of you does have an actual sleep disorder. And so there are sleep clinics that can really assess for sleep apnea, restless leg syndrome, um, also all sorts of other things that can really get in the way. And sometimes an anti-acid, um, an oxygen machine, other, other small tweaks and changes can really be a larger cure-all. So, you know, do a little Googling, definitely maybe look into a sleep doctor. Um, snoring, as far as I know, isn't 100% always resolvable if that's only the issue in and of itself. Um, but it's, always, it's not always a bad idea to um, not check in and see if there's something deeper going on. Um, all right, we're gonna take a little break and when we come back, we're gonna quickly talk a little bit about privacy. Um, was looking at an interesting article that was talking about ways that we can keep ourselves uh, safe and secure online to make sure we're not setting ourselves up for identity theft, hacking, all the other fun things that happen now that uh, we're not as protected as we thought we were on these apps that often require a lot of personal information and can give away a lot of information about who we are, identities, but more importantly, also our likes and dislikes and the lives we lead. It's quite fascinating how much of our information is out there. So uh, stick around. It's going to be an important one. Uh, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and I uh, don't want to scare anyone. I was looking at an article about security and privacy and when you really dive deep into, and I know now some of these apps, I think it's Facebook mainly, they have a little thing that pops up and says, ah, do you want me to ask the app to not share your information? Uh, yeah, yes, yes, I absolutely do. Can I just universally make that request? Um, so much, so much hacking going on, so many robocalls. I can't tell you how many robocalls I'm getting, which is why I'm glad I have an iPhone. I was able to put on a setting where any phone call from a number that's not in my phone automatically goes to voicemail. I put it on. I don't want calls that I'm not prepared for. I don't want calls coming in from people I don't know. Uh, so I'm glad we have privacy like that. So if you have an iPhone, that is something to, that you can do. But more importantly, in this data-driven age where our data is sold, some companies, their job is just to sell our data. And this is going around the world. Um, this happens on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Users share aspects of our lives, what we like, what we dislike, things we're interested in. All of that can jeopardize our mental, physical well-being, but also our safety. And online shopping is the same way. Every time you put your information in there, credit cards, you're setting yourself up, you're getting tracked. Tech giants, cyber criminals, scammers, stalkers. God bless it. We are more exposed than we ever were before. So there's five common mistakes, and I thought this was important just to share. And um, they're really basic. So listen up, y'all. So these are common mistakes that you're probably doing that are gonna impact your privacy, but also maybe your financial security. Yeah, that doesn't wake you up, nothing does. Ah, so what do we got here? If, well, here's one of the mistakes, reusing passwords on multiple accounts. That's something I don't do, but I understand where most people would. You just go right to your same old, you know, password. Your dog, a food you like, a TV show, a pet name, whatever it is. Don't use the same passwords on multiple accounts. So yes, you have to change them, but that means you gotta track them so you know which accounts have what. But don't use the same passwords. Um, and these days it's wild. Yeah, I'm looking at what they're saying. They want an uppercase, they want a lowercase, they also want a special character. You can't reuse one you used before. It gets harder and harder to come up with some of these passwords. They're getting a little clunky and wonky the more we go. You should see some of what my passwords are. I don't even know how I landed on these things, but they want a lot. Some of them are 12 characters long. Dear God. Um, but they're saying after, you, after you're learning some of these uh, mistakes, take the time to change them. Also, when you skip security essentials. I'm not familiar with a lot of these, but when they offer two-factor or multi-factor authentication features, take advantage of them. I have seen these pop up. Uh, Facebook is one of them that offer that. Where you put in other ways to authenticate your identity so that they know it's you. Which, by the way, I don't know if this is going to come up in the list. P.S. No page, no Instagram um, Instagram itself, Facebook itself will never ask you for your passwords or login information. So if anything comes up that does look official and it's asking for your login information, it is fake. Report it. Don't fall for that. Uh, other mistakes, oversharing personal data and life events. I mean, isn't that what social media is about or at least used to be about? Putting information about our lives out there? Well, they're saying, ready for this one? Consider skipping check-in statuses. What? 
Yeah, because ready for this one? The perp could follow you or break in your home and steal your valuables knowing that you're not at home because you just posted that you're somewhere else and maybe really somewhere else, like in a different state or country. And they're like, ah, this person's gonna be gone for the day. It's like, well, that's part of the fun is to be like, look at me on my vacation. And now they're saying, well, don't do that because now people will know that you're not home. They can break in and take your stuff. Like, what? At this point, I think we all just need to get rid of our social media, go back to old school ways of being, which makes the world seem a lot smaller. When I think about getting rid of everything, I'm like, oh, wow, the world shrunk down. I'm not aware of what everyone's up to. I can't connect as easily. Oh, love this one. Think twice before you post or share info about yourself. What? Again, that is the exact reason why we're doing this. Then they said, avoid posting too many photos. So then what are we doing? What are we then posting? Untagged? Unacknowledge where we are, pictures of our food. Also, they're saying, you don't neglect to check your tagged photos. Yeah, because as they say, and I quote, you're accountable for the data and photos you post on your profile, but there's also implications for the ones you are tagged in in terms of your reputation. Oh my God, yeah, that's right. You might have had privacy and boundaries, but someone else might not post the picture of you, tag you in it. Well, you are implicated. That's wild. So basically pay attention if you're tagged in a photo. Do I want to be associated with that? Because you can untag yourself. Oh my God. Lots to think about. Finally, and this one's hard too. Be thoughtful about accepting friend requests from strangers. What defines a stranger? How many people do I have to have shared friendships with to determine whether or not they're still a stranger? So they're saying having hundreds of individuals in your friend list is a big deal. Friending strangers online, giving them access to all your posts alongside some personal information because on some people's profiles, they have where they went to high school, where they work, their age, their marital status. Yeah. So they're saying, and they kind of close with this, do yourself a favor and do some preventative spring cleaning of your friends list, information you post, pictures you are tagged in. Man, that's like an entire second job going through all that. But it's important stuff. All that, you know, If you've never had your identity stolen, or some of this cyber warfare, you don't know what you're up against. That's, that takes years to undo. Some of that damage is never undone. So anyway, there's your tips. Those are the common mistakes. So uh, see what you're comfortable shifting and changing, but I would do something. Um, all right, gonna take a little break. When we come back, we're gonna be sliding into those DMs. So as always, DMs on our Loveline IG page. Got a question for us, bam, drop it in there. Topic you want covered, bam, drop it in there. We'll be back, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all, we'll be right back. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This question says, hey, Dr. Chris, how can you know the difference between a red flag and just a simple compatibility issue? For example, I've been talking to this new guy. Things are great, but he's very reactive. Oh, yeah, that's a red flag. Maybe bumping into a deal breaker. I'll circle back and say more in a minute. He assumes without listening, wow. And the times that I've gotten him to take a breath and listen, he generally does understand. But is that a compatibility issue or a red flag? That's a red flag. Now remember, there's a difference between deal breakers and red flags. And some people see what should be a deal breaker as a red flag. So let me just comment on that quickly. Deal breakers are verbal or physical abuse. Someone hits, name calls, bullies, or anything like that, you're out, peace, bye. You don't need that, no one needs that. I don't care if you're married for 20 years. If if you're really in a relationship already and that behavior emerges, let them know that can't happen anymore. And if it does, I'm gonna have to demand that we get into some therapy and work on it. And if that doesn't change or if you won't do that, I'm out. Because abuse is never okay, period, end of story. I don't care how long you've been with them or what the scenario is, get out. Having said that, red flags are things where we go, oh, I got to keep an eye on that. Got to keep an eye on that. And if it doesn't change, I'm out. And maybe I bring it up and say, hey, listen, I'm really enjoying getting to know you, but there's a lot of reactivity. I I wanted to lovingly mention that because it's making me not always feel safe sharing my feelings. And it's also just not a good trait. So can we work on that? Can you work on that? And their response is everything. Be with people that are willing to examine themselves and work on it. And if not, you got to go. So track it. 
Um, I like that you're willing to help co-regulate. Borrowed functioning is a gift of being with a secure, safe partner where they help us do what we can't do for ourselves because that's what reactivity can sometimes be. This person wasn't raised in a family where he was shown how to deal with emotions. That's something that we're shown. And he's just moving through life, you know, upsetting people. And you're lovingly saying, hey, listen, this is how I meant that. And you're talking him down. Again, that's barred functioning. It's co-regulation. I want that for all partners. And if that helps, that's good. And if he starts to internalize that, he'll be able to do that on his own. So all might be well. Keep doing that. But it's okay to also let this person know, hey, listen, your reactivity at times makes it very hard for me to comfortably share what I'm feeling. I need you to work on that so I can stay in this relationship with you. And if you say it like that with that tone, then I hope they hear you. But if they get mad or defensive, well, then this person isn't open to any reflection or growth or learning and you got to go. We're no longer staying in relationships that are toxic or bad for us because the impact is too great. And we're working on having more self-worth than that. Truly, I'd rather people be single than in abusive relationships. Singledom won't harm you. Abusive relationships will. Singledom won't won't make you have more work to do if you do get in a relationship down the road. A bad toxic relationship does. And the more we're in them, the more work we have to do and the more our new partners punish. Because one of the most difficult things I work with some individuals is them not taking that forward and for them to actually be in the here and now with the person that's there and not making assumptions based on past relationships, not treating them in the way that past relationships have gone. And we often do that getting very defensive because our past partners were very attacking or reactive. But this person's calmly just saying, hey, you hurt my feelings. And instead of being in the here and now with the safe person, lovingly sharing that as they should, we're being all reactive because in the past, it was always done with verbal abuse and attack. So it does harm us. Toxic, abusive relationships harm us. So we're, we're leaving people that name call. We're leaving people that throw things at us or around us. That's implied violence. That's violence, even though they didn't throw it at you. They're slamming things around you. That's someone who's very dysregulated. That is not safe, especially if it's escalating. So yes, it's a red flag, which means we need to track it more and decide if it's going to move into a deal breaker, I'm out. Or if it moves into a green light because you've shared this with them and they're like, I hear you, I'm going to work on it. And they do. And then it's on them, right? Otherwise, I'm glad the good is good, but that then sometimes becomes the trap that the good is really good. So we're willing to deal with the bad. No, that's not. It doesn't matter. It, the, the, it doesn't matter how good the good is. We look at the bad and we say, is this acceptable? Period. We don't let anyone off the hook because when, when things are good, they're really good, right? So um, good stuff in that. All right, y'all, that is our show. This weekend, please focus on tons of self-care, as much joy and pleasure and rest as you can possibly squeeze in. And we're working on being kind with ourselves and others. We're not, we're not overworking. We're not burning ourselves out. We're trying to do as much as we can, 60 to 70%, you know? And uh, past episodes of Loveline, though, check them out over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, click on the show. They're all there. Binge, post, share, re-listen. And uh, we'll be back. So, y'all, thanks for hanging out as always. And please, please enjoy the rest of your night. See y'all later. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just down Download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 